Welcome to the Common Good Podcast, a conversation at the intersection of remembering, belonging, and place. I'm your host, Rabbi Miriam Turlinchamp. For this episode, we decided to consult past guests from the podcast. We asked them, how are you experiencing abundance in the wilderness of this moment? Naomi Shihab Nye says, poetry calls us to pause. There's so much we overlook, while the abundance around us continues to shimmer on its own. Because of this, we've decided to draw on poetry, and we hope this episode is a moment of pause for you. You can check the show notes for the bios of our guests, link to their work, and their past episodes. The first person we spoke with was Pastor Daniel Hughes. Where am I finding abundance? The first place that I'm finding it uh, is really uh, deep within my soul. This has been really interesting that I've been doing a lot of uh, inner work with Troy over the last couple of years and did not realize how, how much work um, I had done and the benefits of it, especially like right now as all of the constructed realities, all the constructed worlds that I, I've moved in and out of on a regular basis, like on a daily basis, right? So all of those things outside of me are on hold, right? And all the rules. And in the process, it's like my kind of inside of me, my soul, my, my home has started to establish this new sort of rhythm, these practices that, that isn't based upon, contingent upon anything outside of me. And so there's this source of, I don't know, it just feels the source of everything is there. And so it's kind of like out of that, I started to now move into to my family and I'm finding just this new experiences, seeing them in different ways and we're doing things differently. And so that there's, an, there's something coming from that as we interact that then comes back in and goes back out and comes back in. And then as you know, we're meeting online again, trying to do community, we're trying to do this church work in a virtual way, even that, the newness of it, the, the, the awkward nature of trying to have a virtual life, a virtual church in the chaos, there's this abundance. I'm feeling this kind of this overflow. For me, the word faith is divine imagination. That's what I, that's how I define faith is a divine imagination. And it feels like that's where we are. And people who are leaning into that are creating this new kind of new possibilities. And there are others who are struggling with that, who want to kind of go back to the way things were. So I'm finding abundance in a, in a variety of places, but really, I'm really seeing that it's deep within me. And I think out of that place, I started to write poetry. I've been seeing things uh, socially, religiously in my neighborhood. Like just, I'm just seeing things differently. I think I've, I needed time to slow down and disengage so that I could, you know, kind of sift through all the, all the stuff, all the busyness, both within me and around me. So yeah, I'm finding abundance in the practices, soulful practices, attending to my soul. So <laughs> one morning I just woke up and this was there and I just started to write. And so four different poems came forward and then I wrote another one. The first one is called, uh, well, they don't really have titles. I haven't named them. So I'll just, I'll just flow with them. All right. This race. Fuck this race. Why this race? Who made this race? Why this race? I hate the race. Why this race? I need the race. This race? I love the race. My heart is pounding. Notice how Daniel's words hit you. Do they invite you to go deeper within yourself? The next person we spoke with was Sarah Buffy. 
Oh, man. Uh, when I think about abundance in this time, things have gone in waves. I feel like I first had an abundance of time, which was a luxury because of the, the busy schedule that was happening before. So I had um, I had openness and space to kind of take a deep breath and orient back to my physical home. Um, I've taken my yoga mat out several times and we have a big backyard and I've just been able to lay it down in the middle of the yard and just stare at the sky, uh, which might not seem that interesting or exciting um, or new. I've had the backyard for two years, but I've just never utilized it in that way. And so that, that, felt, that felt really rich just to take a moment and to be still. As the weeks have gone by, abundance has looked like more work coming in. And it, my, my work is around supporting people and understanding how trauma affects us and how we can join people on the healing journey. And so I think now more than ever, we're having this collective traumatic experience that uh, people are searching for. How do we put a name to that? How do we understand ourselves and our physiological stress response in this time. So there's been an, an abundance of opportunities to walk with people through those questions, uh, families, young folks, and, and how do we start to understand ourselves in this time? So I think about abundance to the outside world, but how do we take that abundance and go deep inside, deep within? I'm using that uh, the practice of going deep within by slowing down the perpetual thinking, 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 and just kind of dropping into the being, being, being. So I, the outdoors has been um, a place where I'm just literally staring off into the woods or uh, in my hammock, staring up into the trees, or again, like I said, laying in the yard. All of these times to stop churning my brain towards what's the next thing I can produce? How do I pivot? How do I scale? How do, how do I get in that mode of keeping up with where we are right now, but really just allowing for that silence for thoughts and feelings to come and not get attached to them. I don't have a robust meditation practice, but it's been it's been nice to just sit in that silence and, and embrace it. I, I wonder even in just talking out loud now that if there's a bit of resistance in going too deep within, because maybe I'm opening myself up, but actually going into the well that could be exposed. I don't know if that feels so safe right now because there's so many unknowns, but I want to be open to that and see what what can birth out of this time. When it comes to art and creativity, I've been playing with puppets a lot and that's been so fun. And um, I, I have a puppet named Sal that actually looks just like me. <laughs> I'm trying to balance being this creepy old lady asking my friends kids if they'll play with me <laughs> because I like to meet up on Zoom chats with kids and I'm pretending like it's a service to parents that I get to babysit their kids but really I'm disappointed when they're late and like where I want to play what's going on <laughs> so I think it's it's been really fun and been it helps me be really playful and now trying to think about how can I bring that playfulness more into the work so not not just as a fun thing or a hobby but how do I invite other people into a sense of play as well I want to invite you to take a breath with me and to consider abundance as being, being, being. Here's another small poem from Daniel. Decompress, reset, freedom, full, anything is possible. Now we'll shift to Troy Bronsink. As you listen to him, notice what your body is asking for. So how am I experiencing abundance in the wilderness? I've noticed that bringing my kids along for uh, deeper conversations and deeper dives into things that are beautiful has been a joy. So like John Prine is somebody I've known 
but uh, my kids didn't have much access to him. So not only is he's been sick and then it is his passing where we look at videos, but we'd kind of sit and talk about it and talk about what's this video do to you or what, where'd this song take you? And uh, for my nine-year-old Wakefield to kind of slow down into that and my 17-year-old who's uh, much more interested in another genre of music than that to settle into it has been uh, been pretty beautiful. Another gift has been uh, being able to tear up with them. There are moments where uh, I just get surprised that I'm touched by something that my body wants to cry about because there's nobody else around and nothing else on the agenda, like to give yourself the extra 15 seconds to let them see you cry. It's pretty beautiful. It seemed like kind of a way of giving myself a little more grace, which is probably the last thing I'd share is I'm noticing that people are yielding. Sometimes we don't want to, but at this moment's bringing a type of yielding, which feels like grace in a lot of ways. You just go like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to fix that in the next 10 minutes. I guess it's going to look like this and also then yielding to sadness and going, I'm just, this is just sad. I mean, yielding to laughter and just deciding to have gut busting laughter and uh, not allowing the cynic to rise up and um, short circuit that, but just to let it hit you and doing all that under the eyes of uh, your children or within the circle of your family has proven to be way more intimate than I expected. Um, so that's been a real um, gift to real grace. Yielding is a form of grace. Could yielding to reality be an invitation to abundance? Here's another poetry blast from Daniel. Forget everything you thought you knew, who you were, what you wanted. I am here and it's all over. The next person we spoke to was Dr. Adam Clark. I'm experiencing abundance first by what, what I would call my centering experience in the morning time. That would include prayer, contemplation, visualization, meditation. During my normal work hours, things are so rushed that I don't get the opportunity to actually kind of cultivate the inner life. Abundance to me starts with really trying to cultivate that kind of inner fire, really to pay attention to oneself. So the thing I've enjoyed the most about this time to kind of this pause, I would say, is be able to be more inwardly directed, to wake up in the morning, to be able to read sacred scripture, to read inspirational scripture, to journal, to paint, to do whatever my inner life, my inner fire desires, and really cultivate a sense of deeper awareness. In Ignatian speak, it talks about deepening the life of God within us. That's what I've been able to do. And that I think is the most vital source of abundance that I've been able to experience in this kind of wilderness. Secondly, I've been able to be reconnected to old friends. Friends have been able to reach out, spend time, not be on the clock, able to enjoy people. So that sense of being able to revel or delight in the other has been another source of abundance where I don't feel pressured by the clock and I don't have to cut conversations short. And I think it strengthens the bonds between me and others. Abundance as centering, abundance as connection. 
let's return to another poem from Daniel. E pluribus unum. Out of many comes one. One love, one hate, one cry, one hope, one fear, one faith, one virus, one day, one people. As we continue to consider the importance of connection, let's now turn to Brad Wise. So two years ago, coming out of the Common Good Fellowship, one of the things that we started with our organization, Bespoken Live, is a, a little deal called CUPA. And we started it because we were really inspired by Walter's stuff around Sabbath and the idea of having a midweek Sabbath on like a Wednesday morning of just being mindful, starting with stories and connecting with some people was an experiment we wanted to try. So we started doing that at a coffee shop and it was just the best part of the week for a lot of us. And this little ragtag community started and it was the kind of thing where like it was there on Wednesdays and if you could drop in, you dropped in. Uh, There was no dogma or expectation. It was just a time where we would split up into groups of three to four. And uh, we have these story cards that have prompts around a four letter word. And we would tell stories about a trip or a kiss or a hero and just loved it. Then we did another one at another coffee shop on a different day and going strong for two years. And we started to like just get a lot of cool different people. And one of my favorites just recently was an 84-year-old woman named Joan, who is just her stories. Every time I got to be in a group with her was just the best. It was the best, best, best way to have Sabbath was to listen to Joan tell stories about her son pretending to be a dog for months <laughs> and how she had to navigate that. So we're, we're starting to just develop this community. She and her friend Meg, uh, they live in like a retirement community. And this community, Cuppa, became a, just a super important part of their life. They were an important part of our life. And as the, the COVID stuff started to like build, and it was before the lockdown happened, but they started to sit, talk about social distancing and how especially the elderly shouldn't go out. And I remember one morning she said to me, this community is too important for me to not come. I'm not just going to stay locked down. And I called Joey, who runs Cuppa with me. And I was like, we got to do, we got to go virtual. Like we can't kill Joan. It was a little scary. So we started talking about taking Cuppa virtual to Zoom because it would be perfect. We can use it to break out into smaller groups. And then that Sunday was when Ohio's governor like locked everything down. We did our first virtual Zoom on Wednesday. The abundance that I'm experiencing, I think, is just how meaningful that weekly Sabbath can still be virtually. Like we're not together in person, we're not in the same room, but I feel like people are almost willing to be even more vulnerable when you you split up into these little breakout rooms. And one of the coolest things that that happened is because we would always meet in these coffee shops and we would have to like, it was always kind of chaos when we would meet in person, Joey splits us off into groups. But before that, you can talk to some people, but not to everybody. So you never felt like a cohesive whole. And there's something about doing Cuppa on Zoom where you st- we start off at the beginning and everyone's there. We do a meditation together. There's something about poetry right now that I feel like a lot of us just need to process what we're feeling. Poetry does it in some sort of transcendent way. And so in that meditation, we'll read a poem, and then we'll do a reflection exercise to spark the stories that we're going to talk about for the next 50 minutes. And then we always end with gifts that we receive from each other of ways that people um, engaged us in some way that held meaning for us, which is just the most beautiful way to end our time together, which comes straight from, from Peter's stuff. But that starting together and seeing each other 
And then at the end, we come back as a whole group and we read our belief statement. It's almost like we now feel the community's even stronger. That's been the abundance I'm experiencing is just, I feel more connected to the group than I did in person. And I still get to have really cool moments with Joan where the other, the other day I was in a breakout group with her and we were talking about love and how she, as an 84 year old, she, she's figuring out that her job is just to, to just be, to not, she doesn't have to strive anymore. There's nothing over the next hill she said that she has to become or do. She just needs to be and she has to figure out how to love. And then she shared at the gifts, she told Devin, who's just started coming. She said to Devin, even though they've only met a couple of times, she's like, I just, I love you. And it was like, I wanted to just cry. Like it was just so beautiful. The need for connection, I feel like is at an all time high for a lot of people. And I just feel super lucky. So I thought maybe we could just end my little ditty here by sharing uh, one of the reflections that we've done. Zoom gives you the opportunity to record it. And so this is a uh, poem and a reflection that we did on one of our mornings. If you could, would you mind choosing the posture for this meditation visualization that represents what you need today? So maybe you need some encouragement. You need to be open. So you're going to have your hands up open. Maybe you need a little bit of like a time to feel protected and to feel safe and you wanna be a little more closed. But choose a posture for yourself that represents what you need for this next hour. And if you could take a deep breath in and out. And like with anything that we do, you all have the freedom to engage or to disengage in whatever way you need during this visualization. So don't feel compelled to do something or to go somewhere that you're not ready to go. So could you now either look down at your feet or the floor or close your eyes? Could you do another deep breath in for me? And out. And with your feet on the ground, I want you to imagine that there are roots shooting out from the bottom of your feet into the floor beneath you, maybe into the basement beneath that floor, into the ground beneath the basement. And feel your rootedness here in this place. Feel free to return here at any point today or during this next hour when you're feeling a little unrooted. Now I want you to try to imagine your arms as limbs shooting out to the left and to the right of you. Feel the balance of your body as it's holding you in this place not swaying you to and fro, but holding you here. And I want you to know that you are free to return here. If at any point you're feeling a little unbalanced during today or even in the next hour. 
And then lastly, I want you to take a deep breath in and stretch your spine up into the air like it's a trunk of a tree. And out. This is your breath, letting you stretch up into the sky. Your breath is a symbol that you're enough, that you have enough. And if for whatever reason you're not feeling quite enough today, you can always come back here. I wanted to read a short poem by Wendell Berry called The Peace of Wild Things. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound and fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things. Do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water. And I feel above me, and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Deep breath in and out. I want you to remember the roots beneath you, holding you here in this place. Today, we're gonna to tell free stories. I know a lot of us are feeling a little constrained and pent up. And so today we're gonna to tell stories about a moment when we felt free. This could be freedom from something. Um, maybe it's the freedom from the limits, the boundaries of not being able to drive when you're 16, or it's the freedom from not being able to drink until you turn 21. So it could be a freedom from boundaries or rules or limits. Or maybe this freedom feels a little bit more like letting go, like releasing, like moving on. Deep breath in and out. And I want you to remember the limbs again to the left and to the right of you, holding you here in balance. Maybe this free story feels a little bit more like freedom too. It feels expansive. It's an invitation to be fully you. Maybe this freedom is actually surprisingly, paradoxically, a little bit like an oath, a bond, an attachment to something or to someone else. Maybe this free story is about feeling an invitation to something greater, something truer, something more beautiful. And as we close out the meditation, I want you to remember the trunk one more time. Take a deep breath in. Stretch your spine up into the air. And you can release. Thanks for listening. We hope you experience this episode as a chance for pause, as an opportunity to experience abundance. If you located a free story from that meditation, 
We invite you to share that story with one person today. The Common Good is hosted by me, Rabbi Miriam Turlinship, and produced by the amazing Joey Taylor with music from Jeff Gorman. We'd like to close with a final poem from Daniel. Everybody wants freedom. Freedom ain't free. Everybody wants freedom, but freedom ain't free. So who's going to pay? I'll pick up the check this time. <laughs>